Welcome to the Park Road Podcast for May 6th, 2018. Today's podcast is a sermon given by Adrian Bird, Affiliate Assistant Professor of Church History at Union Presbyterian Seminary, on the occasion of the ordination of Joey Haynes. His sermon is entitled, The Greatest Adventure. And uh, Jackson, that was, oh, that was inspirational. I feel like I should sing this sermon. But, uh, perhaps not. It is really, really good to be together, isn't it? And I thank God for the privilege to worship with you all this morning on a very special, special day. Theologian John Donne once wrote that the greatest religious adventure of our time is in the passing over across new boundaries, taking us out of our comfort zones for new experiences and new encounters. But the adventure is not only in the crossing over, but says Dunn, it's also in the coming back. For Don, it's the dynamic movement back and forth that we find the waters being stirred, allowing us to witness to what God is doing in the midst of that movement. One of the greatest privileges of being a seminary professor is the opportunity to meet and share the journey with students who feel drawn by God, whether they like it or not, into ordained ministry. And so it was several years ago at Union Presbyterian Seminary, as I prepared for a new semester teaching Christian history, that Joey walked in and sat himself down. He was, of course, late. But it soon became clear that this particular journey through seminary was going to be very interesting. Now, what struck me early on about Joey was just how many stories he has. Great stories compiled over many, many years of travel in which he crossed cultural and religious boundaries. And in the process of that, found a path which became formative for his own faith identity. A fun game to play sometime would be to try and guess the places in the world that Joey hasn't traveled. Now, crossing boundaries is not, as we say in England, everyone's cup of tea. Certainly not when it comes to faith formation, at least. But for Joey, it's his willingness to move beyond the borders that has certainly made my journey alongside him so enriching. The greatest religious adventure of our time is in the passing over and in the coming back. As we turn our attention to the book of Acts, read delightfully this morning, we find this dynamic movement modeled for us by the early disciples of Jesus. Although the journey they embark on is one few of them expected or could have foreseen. 
In fact, in the opening scenes of the book of Acts, it is striking just how Jewish it is. Set in Jerusalem, all the main characters leading up to Pentecost are Jewish. The apostles ask Jesus before his ascension, is this the time you will restore the kingdom of God to Israel? These opening scenes are woven deeply within the context of Judaism. But Jesus answers by visioning a journey to Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. A journey that will take the followers of Jesus beyond the boundaries of Judaism and into the remarkably diverse world of the Gentiles. We begin in Jerusalem, but we will not stay in Jerusalem. For Luke takes us on a journey to the surrounding regions and on to Rome. This journey will not just be geographical, but also an adventure in faith formation. We might even regard the book of Acts as the church's first glimpse and understanding of itself, as the disciples ask deeply important questions of faith in Christ in the midst of cultural, religious diversity across these borders. The passage we read from Acts 10 and the encounter between Peter and Cornelius is a story of particular movement set within the broader context of a book about movement. It's a crossing over story as Peter journeys into the household of Cornelius despite the fact that he knew it was unlawful for a Jew to associate or visit with a Gentile. Earlier, Peter had a trance-like dream. You remember the one where the heavens opened and all kinds of four-footed creatures and reptiles and birds of the air descended on a large sheet. And after many repeated protests by Peter, God declares, what God has made clean, you must not call profane. Now Peter, we read, was puzzled by this. And in his puzzlement, he accepts an invitation to journey from Joppa to meet with Cornelius in his home in Caesarea. You can imagine Peter thinking to himself, how am I going to explain this one in Jerusalem? By the time Peter arrives at Cornelius' home, he seems to have grasped more clearly that puzzling vision he had seen earlier. Cornelius invites Peter in and asks Peter to declare what the Lord has commanded him to say. Peter responds, I truly understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. The message sent to the people of Israel that Jesus is Lord of all is a word that travels across boundaries. Here he is in the household of Cornelius, and while he is proclaiming the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, the Holy Spirit fell on all who heard the word. Here we see that the movement of the Holy Spirit is not something abstract or ambiguous, Mysterious, certainly, 
But the presence of the Holy Spirit here cannot be detached or divorced from the proclamation of Jesus as Lord. The Trinitarian connection here is really quite breathtaking. It's beautiful, rooting us in the rich theological soil of the gospel. Imagine being there with Peter in that household at that time. If we were, we might, along with the Jewish companions traveling with Peter, have been astounded that the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles. Can anyone, asks Peter, withhold the water for baptizing these people who have received the Holy Spirit, just as we have? Not only did Peter enter the Gentile house, but he stayed a while at this party, several days, taking in what had just happened. Now this, at its heart, is a story of proclamation. It's also a story of encounter. It's a story of movement. And we can be left with little doubt that the encounter between Peter and Cornelius was orchestrated by the Holy Spirit who works in the lives of Cornelius and Peter to bring them together. I would have to agree with uh, missionary Leslie Newbigin that this is not merely a story of the conversion of Cornelius and his household, but it's also a story of the conversion of Peter, who has learned something profound in the midst of the adventure as Peter had crossed over this boundary. But then Peter crosses back. In chapter 11, Peter has to face the music of those naysayers who are shocked at the rumors that he has been in the house of a Gentile. What does Peter do? He tells them the story. He tells them the story of what God was doing in their midst. And by the end of that scene, those naysayers were also praising God and celebrating with Peter what God had done. In the crossing over, Peter had witnessed the incredible and transformative work of God. And in the crossing back, he had shared what he had witnessed to those in Jerusalem. Indeed, perhaps this crossing back was where the greater transformation took place. greatest religious adventure of our time is found in the crossing over and in the crossing back. I love the term adventure because it implies certain unknowns. You may take a walk, you may take a vacation, but you can't simply take an adventure. Rather, we are taken on an adventure. We go into the unknown. Perhaps then, ordained ministry, and even the path of discipleship itself, is not so much about going out into the world, but rather being taken out into the world by the leading of the Holy Spirit. Professor Anthony Gittens provides, I think, three helpful words for us to think about this adventure and this movement. The three words are homeland, wonderland, and newfoundland. We begin, says Gittens, in the homeland. 
This is the place we are nurtured in our identity of faith. This is our rootedness, if you like. For Peter, we might say his homeland is the experience of life with Jesus during his earthly ministry. For us, it might be our home or our church, where we are nurtured in the Christian teaching and the Christian faith. But eventually, says Gittens, we leave our homeland and we enter what Gittens describes as the Wonderland. Now, this is no journey like Alice's down a rabbit hole. Rather, it's a journey across boundaries into new places. Maybe they are distant boundaries in lands far away, or perhaps they are close by. Boundary crossing over into another culture or location, or into the unknown of a hospital room when someone is sick or dying or an encounter with someone from a different religious tradition. Whatever the boundary might be, it is a wonderland, for in it we see new things, things we might not have realized were there before. Maybe these are exciting and stimulating things, or maybe they shake us to the core of our being, may jolt us and make us take pause, ask new questions and to try to reorient ourselves in the midst of the wonderland's uncertainty. Many of us have been into the wonderland, haven't we? But we don't stay in the wonderland. If we do, we will find ourselves too easily adrift. Rather, Gittin says, we cross back over, returning to the homeland Yet when we cross back over, we soon realize that the homeland is not the same as we remember it. It's not quite the same when we return from the wonderland. When we cross back over, we do not re-enter the homeland. We enter what Gittens calls the Newfoundland. This is a Newfoundland influenced in many ways by the stories of our boundary crossing, by the things we have seen and the people we have encountered in the world. Peter had moved from the homeland into the wonderland of Caesarea, in the home of Cornelius, taken there by the leading of the Holy Spirit. And in that wonderland, he witnesses what God is doing among the Gentiles, When Peter returned to Jerusalem, he didn't return to the homeland as it was before. Now it is a newfoundland, both for Peter and for all those who hear the stories about what God has been doing in the midst of the world. The dynamic movement from homeland to wonderland to newfoundland is not a one-time deal. It can be a weekly, sometimes daily movement. It's never stayed. It's always dynamic. My hope and prayer is that when we return to the church each week, it is not merely the same as we left it last week, a safe and static homeland where everything remains the same. But because of the wonderland, 
that the Holy Spirit leads us into each week, we return to the church as a Newfoundland, the same yet somehow renewed and enriched, a place where we can celebrate what we have witnessed God doing in our lives and in the community. My hope and prayer is that this will be the case for you, Joey, as you officially enter the ministry of Jesus Christ. And I hope it's the case for all of us as disciples of Jesus Christ too. And so, what would our day, what would our week look like if we consider that we do not merely travel into the community or the world around us, but rather that we are taken into the world by the Holy Spirit of God, the Spirit who testifies to the reconciling work of Jesus through his life, death, and resurrection? What would that journey look like? And how might this transform the life of the worshiping community as we return together to witness to where God has been taking us in the days prior? Joey, may your ministry be the greatest of adventures. As you are taken along the pathway, both the highs and the lows of life in ministry, And may you always return to the Newfoundland of the church to proclaim what God has been doing and is doing in your life and in the world around you. May it be so for all of us. Thanks be to God. We invite you to learn more about Park Road at parkroadbaptist.org. Park Road is a progressive faith community located in Charlotte, North Carolina, encouraging independent thought, community service, social justice, and interfaith understanding. Today's podcast was produced with production help from Hugh Ashcraft, Brian Smith, Bruce White, and Rich Dower. Our theme music was composed by Brandon Michael Williams. Thanks for listening today. Grace and peace to you.